Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political cadet, Kobe Omanaka, and as always, I'm joined by our hosts and political field marshals in Diane and Tatten. Guys, how are you doing? It's the start of December. It's Christmas. I was going to do a Slade uh, Noddy Holder vibe, but then I, I, I backed out at the last second, as you could probably tell. Oh, I wish you'd gone yeah, through don't, with don't it. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go, two very different reactions. As a field marshal, I'd have you disciplined <laughs> uh, for such action. I, I would have given you a medal. A dishonourable discharge. There's one house near us, which is literally like, you know, Blackpool Illuminations at the moment. Um, so Christmas is coming. We talked in previous episodes about the John Lewis advert. Have you seen it yet, Tatten? Has that, has that come across your radar yet? I certainly haven't, no. No, I, I avoid adverts because I find them annoying. I don't want stuff they advertise normally. I am, I agree with you fully, but the John Lewis one is one that I let permeate me. That sounds weird. Uh, so the <laughs> I'll, my, my main goal... My main goal before we close off for this uh, for this winter season for this this season is to get Tatten to watch the John Lewis advert and go yeah it's uh, it pulls at the heartstrings. But at least you've got a goal. That's nice. Because <laughs> if you don't have a dream, Kobe, how are you going to have a dream come true? This is it. This sounds, that sounds like a very Christmassy thing to say. That uh, Tatten, uh, Diane, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I um yeah, all very uh, festive here. Advent calendars and all that jazz field to buy myself one which was a rookie mistake are you like me and sometimes if i do get an advent calendar i probably leave it till as late as possible so they're very much discounted and then no. chomp my way through the first 10 no. days all right no <laughs> <laughs> is yours more of a january calendar <laughs> yeah. you just uh, yes, yeah. start it count down to the 25th of january absolutely <laughs> let's head over to the top post guys this is the first main section of the podcast what posts have performed the best this week in at three it's about nurses striking and we're going to come back to that later it's what a lot of people are talking about i mean strikes are everywhere right now but rishi sunak's response to what the nurses want was to say it's obviously unaffordable which is i mean that's fighting talk right Obviously unaffordable. Uh, I mean, they want 19%, which is a large pay rise. We'll come back to that later. But it's very, very dismissive. That's not someone who says, let's sit around the table and discuss things. It's it's going in hard. It's not happening. You think that as, as you know, parents, the typical parental responses, we'll see. Mm. At least that's some kind of... Mm. Uh... Yeah, wiggle room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see. Mm. When you said the word, obviously, that is that is very biting. Uh, mm -hmm. statement there and what kind of comments were we getting through in that uh, Diane the NHS is close to many many people's hearts so people are generally very much in solidarity with the nurses it's also difficult for people and we'll talk about this in a bit to see where that extra money comes from or you know the, there's a lot of there's a lot of striking workers at the minute all looking for pay increases above inflation so you know where where does that come from where does that appear from so. And when inflation's above twelve percent, yeah, that's that that that's a that's a heck of a whack. But I think I was listening on the radio this morning, and there was uh, an expert was saying that people over fifty-five are much more likely to be anti-strikes, and people younger are much more likely to be to be pro-strikes. And a lot of people on our page, yeah, are, are young, younger. almost everyone on our page is under fifty-five. So there is a lot of solidarity with the strikers on the page as you would expect demographically 
Should we go on to the second note? As we're going to we're going to be talking about the strike action with the nurses later on. Um, what's the second most popular post? Uh, the second most popular post was all around some of the things that are coming up in the online safety bill. This bill has been kicking around for for a while. In fact, since pretty much 2019, there was a white paper around how to make the internet safer, and then COVID happened and various things happened, and it, it's it's sort of not come to to fully be a be made into law yet but it's a real thorny topic okay because if you look at what um the government actually say they want to do with this bill and we talked about this in another post this week they say they want to obviously like protect people using the internet protect children especially crack down on illegal stuff and crime on online but they also want to protect freedom of speech and that's something that even most of our readers were saying isn't possible. You know, a lot of comments when we talk about this um, online safety bill, people are like, you know, they need to pick a side. Are they protecting people or are they looking at freedom of speech? Because it's it's a really tricky balance. And even within the Conservative Party, there are people who would advocate for more freedom on the internet. And then there are people who actually want more protections on the internet. So you've got a whole raft of things, even within government around um, what, you know, what should happen with this bill. But the particular one that um, did really well was about deep fakes. So it's a real scary thing. It's, you know, when someone takes, you know, your image and puts it on something, you know, potentially explicit material and that is going to be criminalised as as part of the bill. And it happens, actually. There was something about, you know, one in 14 adults has had sort of that kind of experience, which is crazy. So that was there. But they've been drip feeding things that are coming with this bill over the past couple of weeks. Recently, in fact, it was this week, they actually said there's something they're going to take out of the bill, which is if content is legal, but deemed to still be harmful, which is... Again, you know, can you imagine defining that? Yeah, um, then they won't ask platform providers to to take it down necessarily. They'll just they'll just make it easier for people to say, "I don't want to see that. I don't want that sort of stuff on my feed." So I find it all so it's so complex, isn't it? Like the web is much bigger than the UK. It's much bigger than the UK government. How do you how do you fight that? I think it's it's pretty much impossible. I I champion this online safety bill. I think we should be trying to keep everyone as safe as possible uh, as as you, as you can do. And a lot of it has to come down from yourselves as as an individual as to how you interact with the internet. You know, I, for example, I don't post kids pics of my of my kids' faces face on the internet. For example, because I, I simply have no idea where things are going to be in five, ten, fifteen years time when he's a fully grown adult trying to get a job. So I don't want me posting a picture of him uh, like crying to be a reason that he doesn't get a job for whatever reason as you said how the internet doesn't stop at the borders of the uk <laughs> you, you just can't just can't stop it so i mean kudos to them to try and protect us but i'm not sure where it's going to go but hopefully it's just the standard that, that rolls out to other countries and they other countries take it on board and say yeah you're right let's let's not let's stop deep fakes but as long as there's a country on the planet that doesn't have that regulation then it doesn't stop it so the only way that we can deal with it is by putting an onus on on Instagram, on Twitter, on whatever else uh, it is, on TikTok, so that they have to remove it. So it's their responsibility because you cannot stop people creating this content in countries far away from here. I saw an image 
while just going through Twitter for work. And, you know, like my mental health isn't optimal. Well, it reduced me to tears immediately. And I've struggled to get it out of my head. It was of somebody who was also clearly struggling. I don't think that image would be illegal. The line, drawing that line. What is free speech? What's, what's a reasonable reasonable thing to say this week someone from the from buckingham palace this this horrible woman's been you know resigned but the commentary about that where do you draw the line what's fair commentary about race and racism and where does it step into being racist like it's impossible it's impossible to draw. Now, some comments like, yeah, that's clearly racist. That's clearly. And then some are like, no, that's clearly fair comment. But in the middle, you get this gray area. And that's what protecting freedom of speech is about. It's about keeping that gray area kind of open because people have to be able to discuss these things. And prohibition doesn't tend to work very well. But Michelle Donnellan is the current culture secretary. And she is much more leaning towards the protection side than Nadine Doris, who was the last and was so... This was Nadine Doris's bill for a while. And Nadine Doris was much more freedom of speech. Whereas now we're moving on to more protection, I think. It's a fascinating bill. We are doing the best we can. I think there's one one key thing you said at the start there, Tatton, is that realistically the onus has to be on these platforms that we use and when we're at an interesting unprecedented time with twitter where one owner has seemed to take it upon himself to do make a lot of changes which a lot of people rolling black a lot of changes which people thought were positive i'm not going to go into into it we all know what i'm talking about what's happening this is one case where it's, it's simply one person it seems who has made these changes and it's affecting everything and everyone and it's bigger than this one event these, these actions he's taken is bigger than anything that any country could could do. So we need these we need these platforms to participate and understand where the harm is coming. Let's go on to the top post. What was the most popular post this week? Tatten. Clear rules for conversation is always don't talk about politics, right? And also don't talk about religion. <laughs> so we're going to talk about politics and religion because we are punk. Boom. Right? Boom. Okay, so the census, really fascinating. We've, the census results, you may remember the census from last year where we all had to fill out the form about various things. And the results kind of drip feed out as they're being processed each one. And this week, the Office of National Statistics told us about religion. 10 years ago, 60% of us said we were Christian. Last year, 46% of us said we were Christian. And the big headline is, Less than half the country identifies Christian. We are a Christian, in theory, a Christian country. Our monarch is head of the church, and yet fewer than half of us say we are Christian. And we've seen many more people go from no religion at all. So it used to be a quarter, and now it's a third. So that's a change. There's also been a large change in the number of people who identify as Muslim, going from 5% to 6.5%. Now, 6.5% still is a small number, but it's a large growth from 5%. And, you know, clearly there are elements of the media who see this and freak out. 
there are also elements of the media who see this and go, oh, that's interesting. Oh, all right, what are you having for tea? How much you see this as a picture of modern Britain is up to you. I don't know the impact on church numbers. I don't know how many of the 60% 10 years ago at, were, were actively going to church because you would have thought that the hardcore are going to church and then there's just the extras who describe themselves as Christian, right? Who, yeah. don't, who don't go to church. So I don't. So it's possible that church numbers haven't fallen all that much. Or could have increased. Or they, could, they could even have increased, yeah. And the church, you know, churches do so much in terms of, for the community in terms of food banks. And we're talking about warm, warm banks this the, at the moment although every church i've ever been to is absolutely blooming freezing so i don't know how how they would be warm banks but but they sort that stuff out for the community you know when i was in london i never appreciated like the scout groups meets at the church hall and the brass band meets at the church hall and so the church is still really central and integral to the community of the town where I live, even though it's not a massively Christian town. I, I, I just think that freaking out, which some people do, or worrying overtly about this large change in number doesn't necessarily reflect the church's influence or the way the church is or people who go to church, all that kind of thing. Don't. Yeah, no, absolutely. And But I wasn't surprised by the figures at all, really. But I think it is that thing that maybe what what is changing is that people aren't automatically selecting Christian just because their mum and dad might have taken them to church. You know, it's you know people are are, are thinking a bit about it a bit more for themselves. But what I've loved in this discussion, and it's been really great on some of the radio stations, is that bit around people selecting no religion and the whole discussion, you know, around it doesn't necessarily mean they believe nothing. It's just that they're not picking a, you know, a major um, world religion, you know, they're not, the, you know, and there's people who who say, yeah, I don't have an actual religion, but definitely have a set of values and they have stuff that they, you know, live around. And I find that discussion really, really interesting, sort of like where else you get your guidance from and, and all of that stuff if it's not coming from a, from a you know, denomination, basically. I think this, this time of year is really interesting because, you know, you two bang on about Christmas all the time. <laughs> and the extent to which this is a season about our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and the extent to which this is a season about shaking Stevens is, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's clearly the highlight of the Christian calendar, this and Easter, obviously. I mean, it always seems that Easter's like, should be a much bigger festival because it's, I mean, that's when he died and came back. That's proof. That is the proof that Christians, that's absolutely nailed on proof that there's life after death because Jesus died and then he came back. So there must be life after death. This, this is just him being born, mate. Like, everyone gets born. The extent to which our Christmas festival, our festival and season of Christmas is about that Christian story, I don't think has changed very much in the time I've been alive. I think Christmas decorations and Christmas songs, all the big classic Christmas songs, apart from maybe Cliff Richard, they're not Christian. They're about, they're about the party, they're about the season. So I don't think... There's much evidence, well, anecdotal by what I what I see, that there's much change in that. Although my Advent calendar's always used to be 
Christian advent calendars? I, I go just as big at Halloween, and <laughs> I would go, I would go I would go just as big at any festival. Really, it's just nice little milestones in your year. Yeah, like Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, it's coming to Liverpool, guys. It's coming to Liverpool next year. Before we go to the mailbag, before we go to the list of questions, uh, we just have a few moments to talk about some of the fun, uh, lovely stuff that you can buy from the Simple Politics team. So, Tat and Diane, do you want to take away and explain what people can buy from spstuff.co.uk, is it? spstuff.co.uk, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, just very briefly, we've got a book called Two Years Indoors, which is a collection of 100 SP posts that takes you through what happened with the pandemic. And... It's just about, we all went through it and it was this strange, strange time. And it's so easy to not really remember what happened. And and, and so just looking back at the order of things, looking back at what was going on, I look at this book almost every day because of, because of work and things. And every time I'm amazed by it. I'm, I'm looking at posts about mcdonald's drive-throughs closing and that being a shock and i but i'm also looking at posts where boris johnson has stood there and said you shouldn't be kissing strangers eat out to help out's always you know that's a classic one that people forget and go oh my gosh yes but right now two years ago we were coming out of lockdown or were being promised christmas bubbles Right. Which the government then went, oh, yeah, no, that's not a good idea at all. I'm really sorry. Let's change that. And we were forced to spend Christmas on our own, which was so great. <laughs> this, I think it's an amazing book. And, and we've sold thousands of thousands, thousands. And people tell us how amazing they think it is. And I think at Christmas this year, looking back at the last two Christmases, I mean, I would say this, but I think it's an excellent present. And uh spstuff.co.uk it's the only place in the world to buy it to buy it from because it's not it's not a published book we put it out ourselves so spstuff.co.uk just get it in your life yeah and we'll talk about some of the other other uh, gifts that you uh, can buy for for christmas presents uh, over the over the coming weeks let's go to the mailbag Yes, this is a point where we get to hear from you guys either voice-wise or via via text questions that you send to the uh, the Simple Politics team. Diane, what do we have this week? Okay, brilliant. Well, we have got um, a bit of a treat this week. We've had questions, two questions, um, one voice note and one I'll read, both from people actually on strike. So um, this is fantastic. It's really, really good. So I'll play you the first voice note, which is from Lauren um, and... We'll listen to this. Hi, my name's Lauren and I'm a nurse. I'm wondering whether, do you think the pay rise strike of 17% is unrealistic to ask? And because it's so high, is it ruining the credibility of our strike? I think that um, no, because because you come and say what you want. You know, we, we spoke earlier that Rishi Sunak said it's obviously unaffordable. And, you know, that's his starting position. It's a negotiation, isn't it? I think that, that if you don't start high, and inflation is incredibly high. So if you don't get at least 12% right now, it is a pay cut. That's been happening for for decades, which is the point. This is why it's got to this level where they're asking for such a high... They've been saying in real terms that they've been taking a pay cut year after year after year after year. That's the point. Yeah. And um, I mean, the, the 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 government say they had a three percent pay rise last year when everyone else had a pay freeze. But 
the government's offering 5%. And so the, the, there is this huge, 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 huge gap. And the only way this gap is going to be sorted is by sitting around a table and talking. But the, the thing about striking is you're saying, this is our position and we mean it and we will withhold our labour from you if you don't move. And I mean, the, 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 there's another question about about where the money comes from and the money. You know, it's really hard to find the money because if you want to increase the budget somewhere, it, uh, Rishi Sunak said uh, it's going to cost six point five billion pounds if they give them the pay rise they want, which is like five percent of the whole NHS budget. And to 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 raise money, you have to do one of two things: you have to cut money elsewhere. And there is isn't much headroom anywhere to cut six and a half billion pounds from, or you have to raise taxes. Those are your choices. You can't borrow the borrowing rules. You can't borrow for everyday spending because then that's the borrowing goes up and up and up and up. It is reasonable to borrow to invest because then if you make everything better in the future, it'll pay back the money you've borrowed. But you really, really can't borrow for everyday spending. So six and a half billion pounds has to come somewhere and they said and and the government says can't do it and the nurses the, the argument against that is it's not it's not up to us to find the money we need to be paid decent wages we can't have we can't have food banks at hospitals because nurses need to use food banks this is it is not up to us you find the money you sort it out because if you're not going to pay us properly we ain't going to work I know. Although I'm, 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 I've talked before about this before. Uh, how much the NHS means to me, and uh, so is everyone on this podcast. And of all the strikes, striking actions happen in the moment. I think the nurses, nurses is the one that's capturing most of the hearts and minds here. As, as Tassin said, you, you, you've got to, you've got to ask for what you want. And my God, stories of nursing, nursing staff coming home and not being able to feed themselves, not being able to heat their own houses, is the most horrific when. I'm on the verge of tears here. Um, <laughs> it's, it's horrific when these are the, these are the people who look after the, the very sick, the illest of the ill, and people day in day out, and don't ask for much more than a reasonable, a reasonable income and you know a smile. I don't. I don't think anyone expects the deal to be nineteen percent or even seventeen percent when it because that there will be a deal at some point, right? They have to sit down. They have to negotiate. They have to come up with a deal. This cannot carry on forever. I think even the Royal College of Nursing, which is the union, the, the nurses' union, um, I don't think they think they're ever going to get the government to give them that much. But it's a negotiation standpoint, and you have to go in hard. And the second question, Diane, was alongside that, wasn't? What were they striking from? Yeah, we've covered. I think we've covered that in Tatton. So that was about where the money comes from, and um, that was. Yeah, so that was from Katie Louise, who's striking up in Scotland, so as a public sector worker. So all covered. But we love those questions. We love hearing from people. Lauren and Katie, striking is hard because you don't get paid and you are not... I'm aware that no one becomes a nurse because of the money or because of anything else. And I know that you're walking out and you are striking for something you believe in. And I hope you're okay. That's all. Thank you very much for getting in touch. I hope you're right. Let's head on to the last couple of sessions. Number three is the PM Watch. He's not quite past the 44-day benchmark. 
<laughs> I, sorry, I can't not laugh. Uh, that Liz Truss got to. Uh, but how is he doing? How is Rishi doing? You know, has he has he taken the, the wrapping off his TV yet? I don't know. The wrapping off his TV. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's another dishonourable discharge. <laughs> I mean, actually, it's been quite a quiet week for uh, for Mr. Sunak. His main achievement, and it is a real achievement, is he's steadied this ship. And there are noises off that are, that are, that are problematic. Think about the chaos of the Liz Truss era. Can it be called an era? The Liz Truss five minutes, right? Think about the chaos that were involved with that. And then think about how relatively calm things have been since Rishi Sunak has taken taken over. And I mean, there are there, there are so many issues. Like everybody's on strike. Everybody is on strike. And the Conservative Party, he's still got a whopping great majority, but there's quite a few. Uh, the end of Boris Johnson and Liz Truss have given Conservative rebels a bit more voice. So on building houses targets, there's lots, there's lots of conservative MPs that don't want it because they could because if you say we've got to build X number of houses, that means the nice fields in their constituencies will become towns and villages, and they don't want that. Onshore wind, there's lots of people saying they want onshore wind, and lots of people saying they don't want onshore wind, and there's a few other. I mean, you know, there's this online safety bill next week that we've already discussed. He's not going to have an easy 2023, but right now, things are a bit calmer. Just before I hand over to Diana Bam, at PMQ's, Starmer's line for the second week in a row, maybe even the third week in a row, is that he is weak. And that's what we're going to get. The more conservative rebels change Sunak's course, the more Keir Starmer will, will accuse him of being weak and try and paint him in that light. And that is very reminiscent of the light that Tony Blair took with John Major. When he was leader of the opposition, he called him weak, weak, weak all the time. And the public kind of got behind that. And we know that the 1997 election was miles and miles and miles and miles and miles for Labour. So that that's currently what Keir Starmer's saying. And Richard Sunak is, like I say, calming the ship that we're going to have the online safety bill next week and then we'll have very little else before Christmas, I think, and then we'll hit 2023 and we'll see what happens. So that's how he's doing, I guess, within Westminster and the party and everything like that. I think it's going to be really interesting to look at some stuff around him personally and the public's perception of um, Rishi so far um, because, like you say, we're in a cost of living crisis. We have got so many people out on strike and Rishi what we do know about him is that he is very personally wealthy isn't he and he is you know a whole raft removed from all of that stuff and all of the issues that people are potentially facing into at the minute so it's I think that's really interesting to see how his own ratings and credibility go over this next little bit there's still turmoil in a lot of the UK at the moment. But what is interesting is, and it's by no means completely uh, put a stamp out on it, but less of the stories, fewer of the stories are about the, the Conservative Party being idiots. And that's what he's, <laughs> that's what Rishi's done. It's nice to hear fewer stories about what they've been up to and what stupid things they've done. And that's what Rishi's done. 
how it governs the country, like I say, 2023 is still, you know, it's not even started yet. So let's get through Christmas. <laughs> There's a by-election next week in Chester, which might be indicative of uh, how things are going, I guess. Uh, we may be reporting that next week. On that note, talk about next week. What's uh, Let's go to the crystal ball. What would be the big stories next week? Diane? Um, more strikes, maybe? I don't know. I didn't I didn't think this week would be writing about um, Eurostar strikers and um, various other things. So so who knows? I guess I'm watching this space for, for more of that. But also more negotiations. There's many people at the table. Um, you know, everyone will be wanting to prevent those big days of action before Christmas because they're going to be inconvenient for everyone. So, um, yeah, let's see what deals are reached. And I think you guys on the Simple Politics feed on Instagram are doing a fantastic job of keeping up to date with the strikes, what's happening, key dates. So people who are listening, I'm sure you do already, but go back to the uh, Instagram feed at least once a minute <laughs> to make sure that you're up to date yeah. <laughs> with what's going on. Maybe twice, maybe twice, yeah. Uh, Tatum, what's in your crystal ball? Well, I mean, the online safety bill, it's just, it's just huge. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. Later today, uh, the, the podcast out Friday, later today, I, I, I'm on in the Talk TV studio at four o'clock. So uh, I'm sure... With, is that with Miss Feltz? With Miss Feltz, yeah. I'm sure that mm-hmm. uh, you'd be watching anyway because who doesn't watch Vanessa Feltz uh, from four till seven on Talk, Talk TV every day. But uh, if you'd like to tune in, uh, do tune in. It's going to be an interesting week. Um, this bill really, really matters and it really affects affects people's lives. And it's the last stage in the Commons. It, there will be amendments. Each one of these things that are deep fakes we're talking about, there are amendments that can be voted on individually and they'll be put into the bill because uh, they're government amendments. So they will almost certainly pass. And then the bill's going to go to the House of Lords. Now, the government can continue to make changes when it's in the House of Lords, if they wish to. And then it comes back to the Commons and the the Commons would vote on the changes that were made in the House of Lords. Uh, So that bill, the crystal ball is that next week's going to be big for that bill, but it will also be back in January in in the Lords. And we'll, we'll, we'll continue talking about it because it's so it's so difficult to get right. Oh, and also next week, loads and loads and loads of people are going to buy uh, Two Years Indoors because it's uh, it's an amazing book and that's what you want in your life. So that's what I'd imagine <laughs> is going to happen next week. Guys, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk about the, the highs and lows uh, on the Simple Politics Instagram feed. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, dear listener, as uh, Tatum addressed you as, uh, I like to call you Jasper. And <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much. Bye, Bye all. Cheers. Bye, Kobe. Bye.